Hello and welcome to the Woo Woo Wonder Hour, where we discuss new age topics, including alternative health, spirituality, and all things metaphysical. I'm your host, Krista. And I'm your host, Roxy. And we are the Woo Woo Women. Well, welcome to our seventh episode. Today, we are discussing a topic near and dear to both of us, which is authenticity. So specifically, we're going to talk about how to live an authentic life. This is something that we have both been working on recently, really throughout our whole lives. And we know we're not alone, so we wanted to talk about it with you guys. So, Krista, what does the word authentic mean? So, authentic is defined as not false or copied, genuine, real, and my favorite definition would be representing one's true nature or beliefs true to oneself or to the person identified. And I really love Brene Brown. She is fabulous when it comes to authenticity and also vulnerability. And she says, to be authentic, we must cultivate the courage to be imperfect and vulnerable. We have to believe that we are fundamentally worthy of love and acceptance just as we are. I've learned that no, there is no better way to invite more grace, gratitude, and joy into our lives than by mindfully practicing authenticity. Whew, that's good. Ooh, I love that. I know. I think that there's a lot of things in there. Uh, you know, the Im- imperfections, uh, vulnerability, uh, being worthy of love and acceptance just as we are. Ooh, girl, that's a good one. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I think that the best way for us to unpack this topic, and, and Roxy and I talked about this, would be to share our own stories and our own journeys towards um, authenticity. So this, this life lesson, and it continues to be a life lesson, has been very prevalent in my life. It's happened all throughout my life, actually. And you know how like early memories in the past, they can like stick out in our mind and, you know, they can define core beliefs and perceptions about ourselves. I wanted to start with my childhood to kind of give you an idea of how it all started with becoming inauthentic. And then we'll get to the authenticity part at the end of it. So I was a super talkative and happy child. Um, I was that that kid that loved to sing. I act. I would act. I loved to be in plays. Um, I loved to draw. I would draw for hours, and I would spend a great deal of time outside in nature. Um, I was an only child, so it was Roxy, which is also cool. And I know. Um, yeah. So. I was just a really happy child, and I can remember those memories of just being very confident and just doing what I loved, right? And then flash forward to about, I want to say, maybe third grade, fourth grade, and uh, the girls on the playground. And you know what I mean by the girls on the playground, probably, Roxy. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. Yeah, so I was a bit overweight, and we all know that girls can be ridiculously mean. Um, In fact, the Mm -hmm. girls told me, you know, I remember them like pointing at me and saying, you're ugly, you're fat, I don't want to be your friend. 
And of course, oh. I was completely devastated. And, you know, this happens all the time. Like I've talked to so many people that, you know, this has happened to them in their life experience. Yeah. But because this happened to me several times over that, you know, that happy, vibrant child over the course of that, you know, the third, fourth, fifth grade, I started to create this um, belief that I was not worthy. I was not enough. I needed to be something different in order for people to love and accept me, which is very sad, Ooh. right? But it happens to all of yeah. us. So, um, oh, true. yeah. So based off of that painful experience, uh, you know, kind of flash forward, maybe, a, a, maybe five years, four years, I decided that I did not want to be overweight. I felt like everybody was picking on me because of my weight. And, you know, everybody liked the skinny, pretty girl. So I started to restrict my eating. And unfortunately, this turned into a eating disorder. Uh, so I, I suffered from anorexia for a couple of years. And um, you, you can tell it's really hard for me to even say this. <laughs> in, in yeah, public. I had no but, idea. Yeah, so, you know, and it, it was the ugly truth. You know, I felt so terrible about myself. I started restricting my eating and I started to see the results of that by losing weight. And when I mm -hmm. lost weight, I was kind of revalidated that people were paying attention to me, but I was still like a completely a mess inside. And so yeah. it was like, it was the wrong affirmation that when I lost the weight, I felt like I was being noticed more. And I liked that feeling of being accepted. So inside I was a complete mess, but on the outside, I started to learn how to wear a mask and to how to say the right things and how to do the right things, how to lurk, look a certain way in order to be accepted. Um, so I lost the weight and slowly but surely I did overcome my eating disorder. Um, I had a beautiful friend that helped me through that. Um, mm. she's still one of my best friends today and, um, I did get through it, but I, um, I had the life experience of becoming a model. And so my mom had took me to like a cattle call. They call them, um, in Atlanta, Georgia, and, you know, they kind mm -hmm. of like look at all the girls and they say, okay, um, you have, you know, we'd like to schedule you to talk to these modeling agencies, blah, 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 blah. And so I got mm -hmm. a modeling contract. And, wow. Um, I started modeling in Atlanta, um, Miami, and then uh, I got a modeling contract to go j to Japan when I was 13 years old. Um, and oh, my wow. mom came with me. So this was a really good experience for me because, you know, I was a small town girl. Uh, I had never been outside really of my own town, Atlanta, Miami, those kind of things. Um, but it was revalidating all of the bad things that I had in my life. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, as a model, um, it was, it, it really fueled my insecurities where, I was in sort of like this competition with others and like there was this huge focus on how you looked and I was told I was to this, I was to that. And 
on the outside, you would have thought that there was a lot of confidence because I mm-hmm. really identified myself with that. You know, I was like, oh, I'm a model, da, 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 right? But on yeah. the inside, I just like beat myself up. And I, I remember sitting in Japan um, as like a 13-year-old girl, just like crying on the floor. And like, I just, I was like, I just can't take this. Like, I, I'm so ugly. I'm so fat. I'm so this. I'm so that. And it just, it's just sickening, you know? Yeah. So um, I got back from Japan um, and I didn't do very well at all from there, but I came back and, you know, I was very identified with my modeling career. So I kind of held on to that um, throughout middle school and high school. And I, I modeled a little bit. I, I wasn't very successful. I just, you know, dabbled in it, but I thought that it made me feel more noticed and it made me feel more accepted. So I held on to it as a part of my ego. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. And so, um, flash forward into college, um, you know, modeling, obviously that did not work out. Um, and I get into college and, um, I decide that I'm going to immerse myself to be the best one in my class. So I worked day and night to make straight A's. And I, I you know, I, I don't know why I worked so hard, but really what I was seeking inside was validation and approval from my parents, from society, from everywhere around me that, you know, I, I was, I was somebody, you know what I mean? I had uh, some sort of worth to me. Mm-hmm. What I was doing was right. And so um, I graduated college eventually with, with honors and uh, to prove to myself that I was worthy, I bought a house the day after I got out of college um, oh, wow. <laughs> and had a job. <laughs> so there was no break, um, you know, going into the corporate world. And, that you know, it was almost like suffocating immediately as a 21 year old, um, with a mortgage as soon as, um, you graduated college. So Mm -hmm. I basically shot myself in the foot there, but on the outside, I was trying to prove something as you can see, and I was wearing my mask. Um, and so I, I did marry, uh, pretty young. I married at 22 and, um, I married a, a wonderful man who stuck by me through my, my crap over the years, um, and really saw me for who I was. I was really, um, blessed in that way to find a partner that really loved me for who I was. Mm. And, um, you know, I, I was in the corporate world and I just spent, a good number of years, at least 10 years, uh, even I would even say almost 15 years, just climbing the corporate ladder, always trying to do the right things, to be the perfect employee, to um, make people notice you and say, oh, you, you know, this one's ready for leadership or whatever. And um, eventually I had made it into management and, um, you know, I was uh, like a head of a department. And uh, when I got there, you know, that was what I had wanted all of those years. And I had finally got there. And, and you know, you kind of look up on the top of the mountain and you look around, you're like, this is not what I expected. You know, I don't feel <laughs> Of course mm-hmm. not. 
And, um, you know, I had dabbled in spirituality uh, and it had always been an interest of mine. So I started getting into spirituality to deal with all the crap because I felt like I had, I felt like I didn't know who I was. I felt like the, my whole life that I was somebody else, that I was trying to please somebody, to be accepted, to be validated. And I felt like I had all these different masks and that I would wear a mask in one situation and another. And I knew mm-hmm. what to say to people. I knew how to act in order for people to like me. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, you don't really know who you are. It's a very deep and profound question. Um, yeah. So that's, that's where I, I turned to spirituality to learn my true, authentic nature. And, um, you know, what I discovered in a nutshell, and I know we talk about this stuff all the time, is that um, deep inside of each of us, we are the light. Uh, And we're just kind of like covered up in all of this facade or darkness. If you've ever seen the movie Soul and how, you know, they have like the lost souls. I was a lost soul (laughs) where the beautiful soul was in the middle. You know what I'm talking about, Roxy? (laughs) Uh-huh. <laughs> so the beautiful soul was in the middle and I was covered up in all of this garbage. Um, and so, you know, through spirituality, I found out that I am the light and through harnessing and connecting more through that light, uh, I started to work um, on myself and I worked with other people through energy healing, through coaching them. And kind of like sharing my light and seeing how the light was coming out in other people. And, uh, you know, it it led me to know that corporate America was not my final resting spot. Mm -hmm. I felt like I wanted to do something bigger with my life. I wanted to help people rediscover their light. And so, you know, over the... um, Last year, really, I've made a lot of strides in trying to align myself with my true authentic nature. Um, you know, I don't, I don't wear a mask anymore. I try to be exactly who I am with everybody. What you see is what you get. And sometimes that requires me to be vulnerable. Sometimes that requires me to show my imperfections and embrace them. But, um, you know, that whole story of that little girl from the playground to the one with the eating disorder to the the model to the uh, perfectionist to the, um, you know, corporate America manager or whatever, all of those life experiences had brought me to that. And it was part of my story. And, you know, everybody has that story. And I think that it um, leads you to rediscover your light, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I think so many people can relate to this. And every time we talk, I'm always so amazed by how much our lives parallel each other, because I had so many similar experiences. I was a chubby kid, you know, and I got married also at the age of 22. Oh, (laughs) I know. I didn't realize that. I wanted to be a model, never really took off, probably for the best, because I had, you know, issues with my image as well. Um, What a beautiful 
story. I just want to go back, Krista, and I want to hug your 13-year-old self and just tell you that you are beautiful and you are loved and you are enough. But, you know, we have to go through those struggles and those really dark times to really turn into our beautiful, true selves. That is absolutely true, friend. You know, our experience of the past, they don't have to define what our future is, right? We can, um, we can embrace who we are and, and thank you for that hug. I mean, I'm sure that you could hear the struggle, um, in my, in my voice when I was talking through that, because Mm -hmm. it was, it, it was very vulnerable for me, you know, and I even held some things back that I, you know, didn't want to say, but I think I told the bulk of Mm -hmm. it, but, you know, I think that that's, um, that's part of it. It's learning to live in that space of vulnerability and open heartness. Absolutely. And, you know, I have trouble with that vulnerability piece. I think it's just something in me and, you know, probably the early childhood things where, you know, there were certain consequences for being your real self, which makes you, you know, have that vulnerable feeling. And so then you learn how to protect yourself, you know, so that doesn't happen anymore. And then it, I mean, at first it's helpful, but then it just becomes really a hindrance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you are an amazing, beautiful, wonderful person. And I love that you're moving to your authentic self. And I really like how, you know, we talk about how this is a process. It's not perfect. Just as soon as you declare, you're going to be authentic. You know, Mm -hmm. it's still hard. It, It can still be a struggle. And even when we think we've healed from our younger self, you know, like you said, talking about it is hard. And so that shows that we need to continually work on that. Yep. That's a really good point, friend. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. Um, So now I will give you guys some insight into my life. And I know I've said it before, but, you know, I'm haven't, I'm not one who really puts myself out there, or at least I didn't used to, because since I've met you, Krista, one of the big messages I'm getting is needing to be my real self. So here I am putting it out there. (laughs) You go, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So some background into my life. I grew up in a small, ultra conservative city in the Texas Bible Belt. I went to a small school, the smallest school in my small town, (laughs) and I spent a lot of time in a very dogmatic church. You know, there was a very strict rigid set of beliefs. And that's what you followed. I mean, I remember times my uncles would get in fights about the a specific Old Testament scripture. And I mean, it was just, oh, it was a lot. Um, in my town that I grew up in, anyone who was different was an outcast. So I learned how to be an expert in blending in. Going back to the playground stories, Krista, I had a memory, like a flash memory. One of the first times I remember feeling like an outcast, I was in daycare, okay? I had to have been three, maybe four years old, and it was coloring time. And I grabbed the silver crayon because it was 
sparkly and I loved it. It was my favorite crayon. So I grabbed the silver one and I was coloring. And one of the little girls told me that that crayon was ugly. And if I continued to use it, she was not going to be my friend and nobody else was. But I really liked the crayon, so I kept using it. And yeah, she took all the other little girls and they scooted down to the end of the table and they wouldn't talk to me. Yep. I was so confused and hurt and like, what's wrong with the silver? And then another, I had another flash memory of elementary school. Like I said, grew up in a small school and uh, my parents had just gone to buy me new shoes. Now, my parents didn't have a lot of money, but there was this one pair of shoes I really, really wanted because they had purple and I loved purple. So they bought them for me. And the next day I was proudly wearing my new shoes that my parents had spent extra money on. And one of the popular little girls told me that my shoes were ugly and that they were boy shoes. And then her and the other girls proceeded to make fun of me for the rest of the day. So Uh I never wore those shoes again. And my parents were so upset because they had spent all this money on them and they didn't understand why I wouldn't wear them anymore. So there was, those are just two examples. There were plenty of experiences like this. Um, So that being said, I learned very quickly how to you know, shut off certain parts of myself and how to camouflage so I could be like everybody else. Um, I was lucky to have a best friend who was very similar to the real me. And we were kind of like a safe haven for each other. Um, When it was just us, we could just be our weird, funky, normal selves. But we were both very aware of the need to hide our real selves in public. Um, I also had a supportive and loving family but my mom's side was very conservative Church of Christ. And those beliefs became like a cage to me. Um, You know, they kept me safe in a way because I could blend in with everybody else and it was an acceptable thing in my town, but it was also just really restricting. Um, Anyway, moving forward, because of these pressures from my religion, I got married when I was very young. You know, I had a plan for my life. I had gotten into school for dental hygiene. I was going to graduate in a few months. And um, so I had a plan, right? I was going to get married. I would graduate dental hygiene school. I would have a good profession. I would buy a job and then have kids and the family and the whole thing, right? Uh, Well, that blew up in my face. We were not married for that long and in total, maybe nine months. And it was just awful. But I had followed all of the rules. I had done everything that was expected of me and had set up my life in the way that I thought I should. But this led to me inevitably being an outcast from all the rules of my town, right? I was young, I was divorced, and I was a single mom. Um, And I began to live in fear more than ever before. Um, So leaving, you know, that traumatic marriage um, led me to move away from home for the first time. So even though this was a really rough time and I had a lot of fear surrounding that, this also kind of paved the way for me to experience more freedom. So I remember after I'd had my son going to the grocery store for the first time without makeup, 
Krista, this was not a thing I would ever, ever do in my hometown because if I bumped into anybody and I did not look a certain way, like people would talk about you. Oh my gosh, we saw Roxy and oh, she was looking rough. People would call, are you feeling okay? I heard so-and-so. Anyway, it's a whole thing. So I went yep, to the store the for the thing. first. Yep. Yes. <laughs> And I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I'm here without makeup. What if I see somebody? And then I stopped. I was like, wait, I don't know anybody here. And what does it matter anyway if I'm wearing makeup or not? I'm just here to buy groceries. So that was a really big moment when I realized, you know, I can just be me and I don't have to worry about what people here think. It was amazing and just it was kind of like a little bit of that weight from my chest was lifted just living in a big city where no one knew me and i could just start to experiment and be the real me it was really nice <laughs> so then because of you know life circumstances i ended up moving back to my hometown and it was like a plunge into icy cold waters it was nice because i got to spend time being happy and near my family and, you know, having the comforts of home and people to help me with childcare because that's tough as a single mom. But discontent started weighing heavily on me. And I wasn't really sure why, you know, I thought I had come to grips with, you know, being a single mom, you know, that was fine. Was it my career? Um, was it because my life wasn't conforming to societal expectations or because, you know, it wasn't going according to my early plan? I don't know. I just, I felt really discontent. So I spent a lot of time, a lot of tears and money, just going in circles, struggling to find out what would bring me joy. A few years later, um, you know, happily married to a wonderful man, uh, but the universe turned life upside down again when my husband's job relocated us. So we moved across country to a large city. And even though it was tough moving away from family, you know, it just felt like the right move. Something about mm -hmm. it just felt like this was gonna lead to big things. And once we got there living in a big city, I felt free. I felt invigorated and I felt like the zest for life and experience and it was kind of like I was renewed and that's when it hit me. I had lived most of my life only being parts of me, not the full me. You know, I'd reflected a lot and I would be, you know, there was professional Roxy who I was at work. There was churchgoer Roxy from before being this person or who am I when I'm around this person? I can be my real self around, you know, my husband, a few friends. But that's not a way to live life, just being parts of you here and there. Um, so I've really been sitting with this and reflecting on this and trying to come back into touch with who I was. Who was that little girl who liked the silver crayon you know yes. who's that little girl who loved those purple shoes even if they wore boy shoes so what I like them and that's okay so you know coming into that real person of who I am and it's not an overnight thing you know I've been thinking on this for a long time 
And after we moved here three years later, I am still slowly coming out of my grabby cancer shell. You know, I think those astrology signs have some grief. <laughs> um, but I'm learning to be the real true me. And it has been a slow process. You know, it starts with me being the real me around my friends, slowly coming out to my mom about my real beliefs. Um, but after meeting Krista and connecting with the other woo-woo women, thank you, Krista, so much for making that Facebook group. <laughs> I am gearing up to be blaming authentic woo-woo, mentally preparing myself now because I know I'm going to get some, I don't know the word for it. I know my some, certain family members are not going to be okay with it. Uh, I have one aunt who I love and respect so much, amazing, wonderful person, but she is anti-woo-woo. And so, you know, I'm kind of worried about those certain opinions, but I'm coming to the place where I know I can't just be parts of me. I need to be the full real me and I need to be okay with that and not worry about what other people think. Because in the end, this is my journey and you know, I need to be true to that. So I know it's not gonna be easy, but I know it's the only way I can grow and progress in life and see what the universe really has in store for me. So this podcast, has been a big, bold step for me, but I think it's a really good catalyst. It's been a critical component of my journey. So thank you so much, Rista, for helping to bring me out of my shell. I'm so glad the universe brought us together. You too, <laughs> friend. Oh my gosh. So thankful for you. Yes. I'm thankful for you, girl. Um, and I know speaking for both Krista and I, Speaking to our listeners, we are so thankful and so blessed to be able to share our journey to authenticity with all of you. And it is a journey. It's not just, a, I'm going to be authentic now. No, you know, things ebb and flow. Sometimes they're easy, going great, and other times we have setbacks. But we're so thankful for our listeners. You guys are also incredibly supportive and encouraging, and we are so thankful for you. Wow, friend, I just love your your story. Thank you so much for sharing it. I think that that's, um, I know that takes a lot of vulnerability for you too. Yeah. And I love how you had that, that moment where you realized that you had lived most of your life only being parts of yourself, not your full self. Um, mm -hmm. I can totally relate to that. Uh, for me, I felt like it was like I was, I had all kinds of masks that I wore, right? And I had no yeah. idea who I was at the deepest level. But um, I think that authenticity is the true path to liberation, um, to, you know, fully accept and love yourself for who you are um, at your deepest level and, and let go of uh, your need to have approval from others, validation, um, you know, live a certain way because that is true freedom. Oh, man. Whatever you talked about needing validation from others, I think that's a big part of our stories, but a lot of people's stories. We're looking for other people for approval. Yep. Like, where does that come into play and why? We 
we definitely need to get away from that and just be our real beautiful selves. Yeah, I have to tell you a story about my best friend um, really quick. So she she's the one that I mentioned earlier that helped me through my darkest periods as a kid. But she is mm-hmm. the most unique and incredible person. Um, she's always been herself from the time that we met when we were like in, I don't know, like second grade. She was always very sure of who she was. And even mm-hmm. when people would make fun of her in grade school or whatever, she'd just be like, Ugh, whatever. Like she was so transcended from all of it. Um, oh, that's so nice. <laughs> yeah. She's she's an incredible human being. Um, and, you know, I feel like the universe brought her into my life from a young age to show me that there, there was a different way. And mm-hmm. um, as an adult, you know, she still lives in that state of authenticity and she, I can see how she shows it to others and she encourages others to, um, be themselves as well. So, um, I don't know where I was going with that, but I think there are people out there that have, have it in them like naturally where they just know, like from a state of consciousness from a young age that, Hey, I can just be who I am (laughs) and I don't need validation. Um, And they can be inspirations to the rest of us. That is so beautiful. Okay. So we've heard both of our stories and we got to share that. So now let's talk more about authenticity um, for our listeners. We can talk more about that word. What does it mean? What does it look like? How do we get there? Yeah. And and why is authenticity a hot word right now? So, you know, from my standpoint, I've talked about this in other podcasts as well. I think that there are a lot of people um, waking up right now, basically getting more in touch with their spirit. They've um, they've lived their lives. They've discovered that the way that they're living their lives is not working. And, you know, they, they've hit like a wall and you could almost think of it as like uh, somebody hitting you over the head with a two by four and saying like, wake up to who you really are. And I think that's happening to a lot of us. Um, You can, you know, even take the example of Brennan last week where, you know, she talked about how um, she fell down the stairs, but, you know, there's some examples to, for her full awakening, like a catalyst. So It doesn't always have to be like that, but I think people are slowly waking up to who they really are. And there's also that more awareness in media and more value being placed on our differences and not just how we're the same. Um, You know, I think that we both touched upon this in our stories. You know, we spent in when we were kids and I see this in my own son. It's like, I don't want to stand out. I want to be like everybody else. So nobody notices me. I just want to be in with the crowd. Right. But you're Uh starting to see that culture shift where people are like, it's okay to be different. You should embrace your differences. You should embrace the so-called imperfections of society. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, when I was going through my circles of what am I doing with my life? Where am I going? I was a teacher for a few years and I loved the shift I saw as far as 
um, valuing differences. So in the district I worked in, um, some of our trainings talked specifically on how we could implement that in the classrooms. So not only is it showing up in media and things like that, but it's also happening in our schools. There would be, you know, little mini lessons on how can we find the value in everybody's unique part of themselves and make that work together in our classroom. Mm -hmm. um, so I just, I thought that was really beautiful. And that's something I hope to continue seeing growing in our schools. Me too, friend. Okay. So what is the value of being authentic? What's so great about it, right? Um, first, I think people are naturally drawn to others who are their true authentic self, like with your friend Krista that you were mentioning. Um, there are those people who just light up a room. You know, the second you see them, you're drawn to them. Um, and those people are typically being, you know, their true authentic self. Or we admire the people who are, you know, just a little bit different and they're okay with it. Love that. Um, another value of it is we cannot progress on our spiritual journey when we're not being true to ourselves or when we're hiding parts of ourselves. Um, I think that just sends a message out there that you're not ready, you know, to live life to the fullest. You are intentionally holding parts of you back. So once you are able to be authentic, I think it paves the way for more growth. And being authentic is how you are going to find your tribe. You know, hence Krista starting that Facebook group we talked about. If you are your full real self, the other people who are like you are going to be drawn to you and you can find your people. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and I, I think that um, one thing that you said actually made me think of a movie I watched um, this past weekend with my son. Um, I don't know if you mm -hmm. saw the like newer version of the movie Milan, where it's like. Yes. Oh, my yes. goodness. That is such a good one. Goodness, we've watched it like four times. But there was this part in Milan where, you know, Milan was pretending to be uh, a man, right? And she's, in mm -hmm. fact, a, a woman warrior. And she was about to face off this um, evil witch. And the witch says to her, Milan, she says, your deceit, um, your deceit uh, weakens your chi, meaning your, your internal life force. <laughs> So when, yes. you said, when you said that you can't progress on your spiritual journey and uh, when you're not being true to ourselves, it makes me think about when Milan was not able to defeat the evil witch because she was holding back on her true self. Yes. Okay. And this is reminding me of Lord of the Rings and when Eowyn did the same thing. So she was um, the female, oh, I don't remember, princess. Anyway, so all the men are going into battle and she wants to go too, but she's told she can't because she's a woman. So she disguises herself as a man and goes out there in the battle and she's, you know, hiding her real self. But then she has to battle um, one of her enemies. And the only reason she's able to kill him is because she's not a man. She's a woman. There you Boom. go. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. 
So, okay. um, so why do people hide their real self? Um, you know, we talked about this before, you know, there's these barriers, these, this fear of resistance from our loved ones or social acceptance or um, social acceptance or self-protection uh, um, or our conditioning from um, our past, right? And just mm -hmm. like, you know, little girl that um, learned that the silver crayon was not cool and, you know, Krista, little girl that um, was made fun of on the playground and thought that she should be thin and people would like her, you know, those, those things, they, they create beliefs within us, right? And all of our life experiences, they create these core beliefs and these core perceptions of who we think we are. But I think that as you go up, as you wake up spiritually, and you kind of like rip off all of these layers and these masks and these, you know, all the going back to the the soul, um, the movie soul uh, idea, you know, looking at all of that darkness around the soul as as you rip all that off, that's who you really are. And when once you realize who you really are at your deepest and most profound level. You only want to naturally share your own unique light and merge with the lights of others. And I, I know that I've said this before too, Roxy, that, you know, you bring out my light and I think that our light is stronger together and we have beautiful people that we've met through this process. And I just love how it feels like we're talking to real women real authentic women and we have like an authentic relationship with people yes it's so beautiful and so empowering and just has really enriched our lives and the lives of those that we're able to connect with it's beautiful okay so, so go ahead friend. yeah go ahead oh, i was just gonna say we should go over our practical steps to help um, move yourself more towards authenticity. Yes. So if you have a lot of fear, you know, start small, uh, slowly expose your true self. Um, like, uh, like Roxy, she started out with crystal jewelry or, you know, talk about your astrological sign or openly doing yoga and, um, you know, changing your, your terminology versus spirit, God, universe. Um, you know, whatever it is about you that you want to reveal your authentic self, you know, you don't always have to dive straight in. You can start small. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, or if you want to just jump all in, uh, you're a go big or go home person, um, you can even think about setting a timeline and then jump in. One of my favorite quotes here is from William James. Um, this one has always stuck with me. To change one's life, start immediately, do it flamboyantly, no exceptions. I love it. And be ready for some resistance or backlash. And you got to be okay with others not being okay with, you know, who you're revealing. Um, I know that there have been people that have walked um, out of my life or didn't want to associate with me when I did reveal my true self. But then there have been mm -hmm. many more people that have come into my life that really like me for who I am. 
And, you know, even my parents, um, they, they, they say that they don't understand what I do, but they know that it comes from a place of love and they support me. And so that's just a good example of if they truly love you, they'll, they'll be, you know, they'll stay around. Yes, absolutely. And you will all be better for it. Yep. Um, next, make a conscious choice to show your true self to the world, including your vulnerable parts. It may be tough, but got to do it. And <laughs> sorry, don't be ashamed to try to hide your vulnerabilities. Add them to your uniqueness and embrace your imperfections. Use self-compassion and self-kindness to combat that perfectionist that may be in us. Ooh, I like that one. And remember, it's not always a linear path. Sometimes you may feel bold and beautiful and fully aligned. I know that happens to me. I'll have like a day when I'm like, oh, I'm so aligned. And then the next day you're mm -hmm. like in the hole like I was earlier this week. And you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> yes, me what too. do I do? Everybody hates me. What did, oh my gosh, they all think that I'm weird. I am oh, weird. Da, 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 no. da, da. But the awareness you put around that situation, you can fully take yourself out of it and realize that's not who I am at my mm -hmm. deepest and most profound level. And when you rise your level of consciousness, you're able to see uh, the situation from a higher perspective. And the most important thing is to acknowledge the truth of your journey and to do your best in shining that beautiful light that we all have that is uniquely yours. Oh, I love it. Okay, you guys. Well, thank you so much. We've got to wrap up. We hope you enjoyed our episode on authenticity. Um, don't forget about our blog at woowoowonderhour.wordpress.com. We will post a short little description of the episode. Um, find us on Facebook, woowoowonderhourkr, as in Krista and Roxy. Follow us on Instagram, woowoowonderhour. And don't forget to join us for our next episode when we talk about confidence. Thank you, everyone, and don't forget to share your light. Share your light. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye.